So grateful to be with you all today. If I had one word, just one word for that psalm, what do you think it'd be? Grateful, gratitude, grateful. That's good, Rob. And Psalm 145 is interesting for a couple of reasons. First, each line begins with a consecutive letter of the Hebrew alphabet, okay? So it'd be like for us, A, the first line, B, C. And the reason they did that, that's the first interesting thing. The reason they did that was for them to memorize it. You see, I guess ancient people had the ability to memorize much better than we do. I, I can't remember a darn thing uh, most of the time, but they wanted gratitude. They wanted gratitude for what God has done to be burned into their souls. They wanted to memorize it so they could rely on it. You see, Psalm 145 is about remembering the great things that God has done in the past what God is doing right now and what God will do in the future. And the reason that the psalmist did that is they knew. They knew of us about us humans. And what do us humans do? We forget. We absolutely forget. We regularly take our blessings for granted. We are sometimes, not all the time, but we are disconnected from gratitude. The hustle and bustle of our lives kind of take us away from that. Or, or I've seen this in my life, especially in the 12-step world. Um, we say that we're super grateful, but that doesn't always translate into action. So we say, I'm really grateful and that's an orientation or a being, and that's really important, but then it doesn't actually express itself in every area of our lives. That's not a guilt trip. That's just part of being human. It's just a part of living. And so here's the truth about gratitude. Here's the truth about Psalm 145. Gratitude is an action word. Will you say that with me? Gratitude is an action word. If that's, one, if that's the only thing that you remember today, that would be good enough. I hope you remember some other stuff, but that, if that's the only thing you remember, that would be good enough. An attitude of gratitude is exhibited in action. We show God and others our gratitude for them by acting, by living out that love. And so, Here's a, here's a homework assignment. It's gonna give you 30 seconds to do it. If you have your bulletin, pull it out. Pull out that insert if it's in there. And if it's not in there, I just want you to write on the back of your bulletin. I want you to write down three things that you're immensely grateful for right now in your life. Three things. What are the three things that God has done for you in your life that you're really grateful for? I'll give you some cheating as you're thinking. I would write down my wife and my kids, my health. Everybody got that? I'm sure they'd be a lot the same, but I want you to think about those this week. I want you to really pull those up and give thanks to God for whatever God has done in and through your life because today is about remembering. 
Remembering what God has done for you and for us. And, and it's also about remembering and knowing and connecting to what God has done in and through this faith community, Hyde Park UMC. So now, with that in mind, you have your, your things that you're grateful for kind of in your life. Now, I want you to think about and write down one, what's a great thing that God has done for you through this faith community. If you're new, you might not have many things to write down. That's really okay. But write down one or two things that God has done for you through this faith community. And if you can't think of one, see me after and I'll help you. I think you probably can now. So today's gonna be a little bit different. You're not gonna listen to me preach the whole time. Some of you are praising Jesus at the present moment. We're gonna show through uh, some videos. I'm gonna tell some stories of the past about Hyde Park so it can kind of anchor us in gratitude. Anchor us in gratitude. So... Here we go. Hyde Park United Methodist was established 120 years ago. This street right here was called 7th Avenue. I mentioned this last week. And it was on the corner where the fire station is. Actually, that wasn't a fire station. There was a house there. It was a little red schoolhouse, right? Okay, and I want you, there it is. That was the little red schoolhouse that the first 30 people, High Park United Methodist, gathered for a children's Sunday school and to sing hymns. It's actually on Swan. They moved it some time ago. You should go down and check it out. It's pretty cool. So 120 years ago, 30 people who are part of First United Methodist Church downtown came and said, we're starting a new church and it's a children's Sunday school. And they sang all these hymns. And this hymn they sang is, I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love, not having any idea. 120 years ago that each one of you would be here in this place today. They set the course out of gratitude to say, I'm gonna share Jesus's love. And they had no earthly idea what would happen 120 years later. We have many different worship styles. We have Magnolia, we have the chapel, we have contemporary at eight and 930. We have traditional and then we have the portico downtown, which is kind of a different from all of them. Worship is a great way to show um, demonstrate that we are grateful to God in the church. And Cindy May sings in the traditional chancel choir. She's probably over there right now. And it has profoundly impacted her spiritual journey. So I want you to take a listen to what she has to say about the gift of worship. My name is Cindy May, and I sing in the chancel choir, the chapel choir, and I ring in the adult handbell choir here at Hyde Park. Participating in the traditional music program here has been a real blessing to me. Most importantly, worship through choral music provides a richer, more meaningful worship experience for me. Hopefully, the music that we participants provide also enhances the worship experience of the rest of the congregation. Music adds an emotional dimension to the paraphrased scriptural passages or theological principles on which the texts to the anthems or hymns are based. For some people, myself included, the meaning is more readily apparent when sung, or even heard sung, than when speaking or silently reading the words. Most choral singers, myself included, derive both spiritual and psychological benefits from gathering with others and praising God through singing. The personal problems or concerns of the day are forgotten when you're singing or ringing with others. And when the session is over, 
Somehow those cares don't seem as significant or daunting as they did before. These are just a few of the great things God has been doing in me through Hyde Park. Now, if you're not a part of traditional worship, some of that was Japanese to you and that you don't know what an anthem is and this and that, and that's okay. But what it, what it is, is it, it, what you saw there was a gratitude to worship God and to create an environment for others. Um, so for the gift of worship, I would say gratitude is an action. So I'm really grateful for our church's history. And there, uh, it, it isn't perfect. If you go back through even the history of First United Methodist Church, but all the way back in, in Wesleyan Methodist Episcopal Church roofs, it's not perfect. But I will tell you that there are some parts that I'm really, really proud of that I want to share with you. Um, in the 50s, Lori Ray was the pastor of this church, right in the middle of the tension of the civil rights movement. And before that, in 1939, the United Methodist Church, it wasn't called that then, but split, right, over the issue of slavery, right? This church, Hyde Park United Methodist Church, was the point at which they came back together in 1939 to reunify and go forward. But just because that didn't mean that everything was perfect in the Christian churches, right? Segregation was real. And in the 50s, Lori Ray uh, became the leader and pastor of this church. And the church had built the new fellowship hall over there in the chapel right, right down the way. And um, he was at a leadership meeting. And some of, the, uh, uh, some of the leaders had taken issue with his fiery ser sermons about desegregation and inclusion of the church. In fact, uh, some of them made a motion to uh, suggest that no people who are African-American could come into that fellowship hall or chapel. Laurie uh, Ray stood up at that administrative meeting and said that that was inconsistent with the gospel and that we would strike those, we would strike those minutes from this meeting because we don't want that garbage in our church. He probably said it nicer than that. But you see, he stood in front of them and, and, and said that, that's not who we are. And that's not who we're called to be. And that set a plumb line for us as we went through that tumultuous 60s. And I want to suggest to you it's setting a plumb line now as we're continuing to wrestle with the, with the issue of human sexuality. A woman, uh, a Methodist woman later wrote, this is God's church, not ours. And we have no business trying to decide who could come in and who could not. And when the church vote was taken, the motion was defeated. You see, gratitude is an action. Gratitude is an action. It's, our, it's in our DNA to be a welcoming place where all people can feel love, whether, what, whatever their race, their socioeconomic status, their gender, their sexual orientation, their income level, their age, their beliefs, their lack of beliefs, or their abilities. When, when people discover who we are at Hyde Park, they get to experience Jesus in a new and different way. And that, brothers and sisters, is a powerful way to be and to show. And when people discover it like Gabe did, you hear the way that God works. Check out Gabe's video. Hello, everyone. 
name is Gabe Alves, and I've been a member of uh, High Park United Methodist since 2011. For a long time, I didn't have a church family. I grew up in a church, but then I, I kind of was distant from any sort of religious activity for a long time. And, uh, and then I had a friend tell me about um, High Park United Methodist. The first time that I came, to be honest, I was a little leery because I grew up in church and I wasn't going to church for a long time. So I was kind of like a little skeptical about coming to church again. But it was a really nice surprise when I came here. I saw that um, being a church with open arms was not just something written on a piece of paper, but that's what it was exactly happened when I came here with my family. I started getting involved in the church, not just with the worship, but also helping around with uh, Vicky, with missions. So one of the greatest things that God has done in my life through High Park is the fact that I was able to find a church family again, a place where I have the support, not just for me, but also for my family, to build relationships. There's no other place that I really want to belong. And that's how God has done great things in my life through this church. Inclusion is an action. So service is what initially brought me. I was 25 years old. I was exploring a bunch of different churches and I walked on the campus and um, I witnessed this congregation that cared about people who were experiencing homelessness and poverty. And there was something about that that sparked my heart. Hyde Park has always had service in his DNA. Some of you might not know that Hyde Park was one of the charter uh, congregations that started Metropolitan Ministries way back in the day, got together with some churches. It also, 25 years ago, Dorothy Leaving, who was the wife of Bernie, who was one of the pastors here, uh, started a peanut butter and jelly ministry for just about 10 guys who were standing on the other side of Platt Street. And that built into what we have today, which is open arms ministry. And so every Sunday morning, over 200 folks who are poor and homeless gather and are seen, not just given, seen, and offered a way forward. You see, that is what's in our DNA, to serve. God has been doing great things through that, through our partnership with Dunbar Elementary, the youth trips, the youth ministry and children's ministry, and the families that have gone on to mission trips. They actually just had one just get back uh, this week. Hyde Park has seen God do great things because we have responded to this call to serve. So Eddie and Colleen Suarez, who came to this church not too long ago, immediately felt welcomed and then got busy serving others in the name of Jesus. Check out Eddie's video. The best way to answer the question of what uh, great things God has done and is doing in my life is to focus on the people that God has put in my life. Um, I was born in Cuba. Uh, my mom and dad suffered and sacrificed greatly so that my sister and I could grow up in America. And they struggled to provide us with a safe and secure environment and to educate us and to lead us to love and serve the Lord. And in addition to my mom and dad, uh, God has placed just wonderful people throughout my life to be mentors and friends and guides, many of whom are members right here at High Park United Methodist. And these are people that help me every day in my walk with the Lord. And they're kind and they're forgiving because they see me stumble all the time and 
they're still there to help me. But perhaps the greatest thing God has done in my life is my wife, Colleen, uh, to lead me to her and most importantly to somehow get her to fall in love with me. Every day she quietly and humbly goes out and serves God along with, with many other folks right here in Hyde Park who also nurture her and guide her and help her. She has put countless hours volunteering with other disciples from our church at Dunbar Elementary. She has tutored uh, the children of refugees. She works with her mentee through the Hillsborough County Educational Foundation. She's an amazing woman. God is doing great things through her, and I am grateful that she's in my life. Grace is at the center of what it means to be a Christian, to experience grace. Grace is this gift that God offers, that we receive. That means it's unmerited, it's nothing that we can do to earn it, and it, we're not, it's not that we're good, it's that God is good, and that we're forgiven. Not because we're good, or not that we can run ourselves up to God, but because Jesus lived, and he was died, and we believe that God raised Jesus on the third day for us. And growing in grace, which is basically talking about growing in love and in the fruits of, fruit of the Spirit, is kind of this non-negotiable thing that we're all called to do. We're to become more like Jesus, and it's a lifelong journey. And over this past year, God has done some great things through this congregation. We've had adult baptisms, people sharing their faith, child baptisms, and inviting others. You know, I didn't know just how much I needed Jesus until I actually showed up in this faith community. I had bounced around in a, another different places. And I think that's also the case for Angela. She was one of our key leaders in children's ministry and led Vacation Bible School, which served over 400 children this last summer and had over 200 volunteers. And, you know, since that first Sunday 120 years ago in that little house right down the way, Hyde Park continues to place a high value on children's ministry, living out today's key verse, which says this. The Lord is great and so worthy of praise. God's greatness can't be grasped. One generation will praise your works to the next one, proclaiming your mighty acts. That's why we invite. That's why there are kids in worship and teens and young adults, because we've got to proclaim what God has done through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection to the next generation. Uh, let's check out what Angela has to say. My name is Angela Schroden, and my husband and I found Hyde Park United Methodist through one of God's creative ways. I was looking for a pair of chairs on Craigslist, and Ashley Gardner, who attends church here, uh, was selling a pair of chairs on Craigslist. And when she came to deliver them, besides catching up, because I had known her um, for a few years, I asked her where she and her family were attending church, and she mentioned Hyde Park United Methodist. I think the next Sunday, my husband and I were here, and we were instantly welcomed into this community. So I would say that was the first thing that we recognized about Hyde Park United Methodist, was the authenticity and the niceness of everyone that was here. Making God's love real was not just something that was on a coffee mug. It wasn't just something that people said. 
that there were all these real ways that people did that at this church, right? Through the children's ministry and through all the time that people commit there, um, through the open arms ministry, through vacation Bible school where people dedicate unbelievable amount of hours, right, to make that happen. And so if you asked someone else, right, what has attending Hyde Park United Methodist done for Angela? What has been greater about her since she's attending here? I think they would answer her grace has grown. I just have a softer heart now for people that just need some help um, or a little support. So I would say um, grace, grace is what's better. Grace is an action, and so is gratitude. Finally, we remember back in 1846, J.C. Lee, some guy riding on horseback from Tallahassee down to the edge of Florida, started churches everywhere, from Tallahassee to Key West. And in, I think it's July 26, 1846, right down by the Fort Brooking Garage in downtown, the first Methodist service was had. And what he said in his journal, he said, he hoped the church would be like a little vine that would spread throughout these lands. And that little vine called First United Methodist Church spread. That's the location of the portico today. Its mission is the same of ours, to make God's love real, to teach people to follow Jesus, to love God and love all, but it does it with some different methods. Those who might not any longer be drawn to traditional worship as their first entry point and may be drawn into some different ways in different issues like homelessness, artistry, or the cafe, or open mic night. It's our leading edge to reach new people in new places in new ways. People like Jessica O'Toole who walked through the doors of the cafe and now is one of our uh, leaders at the Portico. My name is Jessica O'Toole and I discovered the Portico just over a year ago when I had moved to Tampa, and I was downtown looking for a coffee shop. I was really moved by the mission to help the homeless. And even though I had given up on traditional church, I felt a spark of hope, like I could be a part of a worshiping community where all were welcome and all were loved. At the Portico, I really feel like I'm a part of something larger than myself and have the opportunity to use God's gifts that he has given me. I help lead a small group called Word and Table uh, and share God's love with other young adults who are seeking community. The Portico has really helped me. Um, God has worked in my life and helped me to love myself more freely and to love others more freely. And I'm really thankful to be a part of Hyde Park and the Portico. She's an amazing woman and an amazing leader. God has done great things in and through you, and God isn't finished yet. The good news is we have everything we need. God has gifted us the talent, the people, the giftedness, the brokenness, the calls in our heart to make God's love real for the next 120 years. Because gratitude, again, is an action word. And we get to be the church by sharing it together, and that's why in the bulletin we're inviting you to turn in, to pray. Hopefully you've been praying about your estimate of giving cards uh, for this next year. It's an estimate of giving. It's not a pledge. It's uh, what you think you might be able to uh, invest in in this next year uh, for 
this, your own spiritual journey, how you can respond to God in gratitude. And so it's possible that you can get your estimate of giving most easily us digitally. Um, what we're asking and inviting you to do today is as you come forward, if you so choose to throw your estimate of giving down on the uh, altar, and it's uh, a sticky and folds in half, so it's private, but uh, gratitude is an action word. With your time, with your talent, and with your money. And we're inviting you to show your gratitude as you feel called. Someday, I believe 120 years from now, when most of us will be pushing up daisies, God, they might be remembering us, the things that we did, the way that we were grateful to God, for, to Jesus, his life, for his death, and for his resurrection. Gratitude indeed is an action. Let's pray together. God of light and of love, we give thanks for the great things you've done in and through our lives, the way you've blessed us abundantly, the way you've given us our families. We pray this week that we might look at those three things that we're grateful for and remember the great things you have done in and through the life of Jesus in this church. Help us to be the people you've called us to be. It is in Christ's name we pray, amen.